Hey, dude, this dog like stinks, man. Okay, groomer, do something about it, man. you pet stylists you found the groom pod welcome to our virtual salon my name is Susie, and i'm your host i'm a mobile groomer from seattle washington and anyone who knows me will tell you i love to talk especially about my job one of my favorite people to talk to is my friend and mentor and co-star of the show miss barbara bird Hey, Susie, what's up today? Well, what's up is a fabulous day for a podcast. That's what's up. Welcome to episode 369 of the Groom Pod, recorded on April 2nd, 2023 in Snohomish, Washington and Tucson, Arizona. This podcast is brought to you by our kind sponsors, Best Shot, Show Season, Evolution Shears, Groom More, and Stazco. And if you'd like to tip your groomers, you can do so at our website, thegroompod.com, and use the donation button for a one-time donation or join us on Patreon. Barbara, what's new this week? We're talking about allergies and shampooing twice. And what's new is brought to you by Groomore Software. If you haven't found Groomore, you're missing out. Groomore is an all-in-one software solution for your grooming business. Whether you are a solo mobile groomer or manage several shops, Groomore has everything you need. 24-hour online booking and forms, routing, credit card processing, reminders, Google Calendar and QuickBooks integration, and so much more. And the best customer service anywhere. Shop mobile or house call, Groomore has you covered. And they're giving us a free month. Just enter GroomPod22 in the coupon code. Well, Barbara, I've had a completely uneventful week other than car problems. I've had car problems. I took the big Explorer in to get fixed and the little Explorer, it won't start in the morning. So I've had to go out at night and start it and then first thing in the morning and start it and then if I didn't work I had to start it in the middle of the day to keep it going but I got the big explorer back today will be my first day back in my normal vehicle it's like using someone else's desk you know everything is not there that you're used to I'm really happy that I've got my car back a little lighter on the money department but I wrecked both rear hubs so it was a big deal a little bit unsafe to drive there at the end, but we caught it in time and uh, it's all fixed now. I reminded myself as I was working, trying to get back to uh, pick up the car, that if I have a, a two-dog house, it does make a difference if I take both dogs out together and wash them and dry them together and then just cut them separately. It probably cuts an hour off of my grooming time. Yeah. Jeez, it makes such a difference. I've done double in the tub before when I've had two small dogs. It's an incredible time saver. You discover these things when you get like pushed over the cliff by time management, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. That's what happened. And um, I've got to remember to do that at some of my other two dog houses. There's one house, though. They've got two Shih Tzus. Yeah. And the little sister Shih Tzu annoys the crap of the big sister Shih Tzu. So the older dog gets a break from the younger dog. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I can do it on pretty much every other dog. It's like getting a raise. Some dogs do well together and some dogs need to be separated. We've got a couple that, that we need to separate because it's good for their mental health. But, <laughs> but um, 
when they we've got others that are just real uncomfortable when they're separated they're going to cry about it you know so then you put them in together and they settle down and they're good that's why i don't want the state the government to dictate whether or not i put two dogs together right i can make that call yeah you know your people you know your dogs i know know my people and i know their dogs and i had talked to them about it that's one of the first things i say when people bring in too do they want to be housed together or do they want separate time you know and they'll tell me it was funny this house that i was at yesterday it's two heavenies and I think they were hoping I would take both dogs together because they had a plan to go somewhere. And normally they don't leave the dogs home alone. So it was like, yeah, I'll take them both together. And then, wow, this is fast. (laughs) It's made such a difference. (laughs) It's a little tricky because I have a small table to get both dogs on the table for drying. But I managed, you know, I kind of groomered helper one to one side and attached to the post on the other side and put their butts together and I dried them like they were a big dog man it was cool (laughs) oh you dried them like they were one big dog yes (laughs) (laughs) so by the way by the way no you said you said by the way I love by your way by my way I love the new dryer the new dryer has been so beneficial in so many different ways now I can get the top off easily so I'm able to do more sensitive areas of the face without the big brush but with much less annoyance to the dog that was a great buy well, good. I'm glad. I'm happy that it worked out for you because I love mine. Susie, I got to tell you that I had another problem, customer relations problem with the guy with the sticky poo corgi. Oh, no. That's no good. I don't even believe it. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was on Friday. And first of all, he called and I saw on my phone that he was calling in and I just had a sense that it wasn't good. And so I didn't answer the phone because I just don't want to get that kind of energy. I don't want to get upset while I'm grooming a, a dog, somebody else's pet. So I just let it go. And then Two hours later, he called back and he went to voicemail and I waited until I was settled down and had some time and I read his voicemail. He was furious. Really? So this is what happened is that last we saw Thursday a week ago, the two dogs, his Rottweiler and the Corgi came in on a Dave day when Dave grooms alone and he's the right one to do the Rottweiler. And he and I talked about the potty patch problem. And he said, well, he just needs a baboon butt. You know, you need to let go of all your styling sense and just like shave that sucker and I'll do that. And so he got the Corgi rebate and Dave did it and everything seemed to go well, but Apparently not, because here he is on the phone saying the dog's poopy again already. And furthermore, he's not sure if one or both of them didn't get bathed. And, you know, this is a common thing that happens with unhappy customers. They go, if they have one thing that's steaming them up, They'll find other things wrong. They'll just go for it, you know. And furthermore, the nails were rough. You know what I mean? They'll just go. They'll just add on. Right. They'll just pile on grievance. 
And so I thought, oh, Lord have mercy. I don't want to go there with this man. He was already just beating me up. It sounds like a sticky, icky situation. So here's what I did. It was brilliant. (laughs) If I may say so myself. I texted him and I said, hi, Rick. I got your message. I hear you. I get it. I am so sorry that you are unhappy. Could we please just skip the part where you hammer me with your dissatisfaction and I eat crow? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you just bring the two dogs in tomorrow and I'll do a redo personally? Okay. That's it. That was it. I didn't defend myself. I didn't repeat every one of his grievances. I didn't defend. I could have gotten in there and said, I do not believe that Dave would ever send home a dog that's not thoroughly bathed. I just let it go. Let's just skip this part. I get it. I hear you. I'll redo it. And he said, great. See ya. Well, then the next day, I, in the morning, I got a text from him saying, oh, I forgot this is Saturday. I've got a lot of things I got to do. Let's just promise to do a better job next time. Nice work, Barbara. Let me give you some applause on that, because that's brilliant. <laughs> I thought it was. Oh, really. yeah. And it's a matter of know your customers. Yes. I think this guy is a little bit Well, can I say deranged? Mm, Sure. I think he has some mental health considerations that are related to his disabilities at his age. Yes. And he just not handling a little bit of Klingons. You (laughs) You have a dog. It happens. I gave him the sample of cowboy magic to put on the dog's hair. And Dave said that he actually asked him to look at her butt and tell him if it was okay. And he said, this looks great. You know, and I have a feeling that this whole problem is why he's come to me, that he's been through some other groomers. And we touched on it last time, but it may be anatomical. It may be anatomical and it may be unbearable for him. Yeah. There may not be a real solution. I don't know. I'll take off more hair all around the tail there. Are the Klingons present when you get the dog? Yeah, but just little teeny pieces. You know, the problem is that the dog gets on the bed. Right. He doesn't know how to breathe through his mouth when your dog is on the bed. (laughs) You know? Yes. (laughs) There's certain things I've learned sleeping with pets. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) And there's just certain things I've learned in my life. You don't always want to smell everything. Sometimes you just got to disconnect from that, turn over the other way. And go back to sleep. You know, I mean, it's one thing if it's a major diarrhea accident, but if there's just a little Klingon and the slight odor of poo, you either kick the dog off the bed. Or wipe it with a baby wipe. Shit, I know. It's so easy. He's got a disabled arm. Oh. He can't wipe or something. It's a corgi. It's probably not cooperative. 
Learn to use your left hand, dude. You know, I don't know. know. You know, like, this is why I had to not go there with him because I didn't want to get my side churned up because that was happening to me. I said, well, no, I don't want mad me to meet mad him. You know, like, we can't do this. And I don't fucking want to eat crow. I don't want to totally take responsibility for his dog's rear end. It's really not a grooming problem. It's the dog's problem. Yeah, he chose that dog. All you can do is help him the best you can. Give him some advice. Cut it back as much as possible. But it's hair, it's hair, it's hair. If he's not going to change the dog's diet and make for a different form of stool i would have that discussion the poop versus food discussion because if you're going to just keep running up to the same problem which you might if it's anatomical or diet related you're going to have to broach the we're doing the best we can here you can only do so much you can only cut so much off that's right i don't want to have to do a surgical clip no, you don't. That's not good. You you don't do a surgical clip over and over and over again, or that dog will develop black skin disease butt and not grow hair anymore. You can't just keep 40-blading a dog's rear end. I don't want to go there. He's going to need to figure out some way to wipe that dog's butt. That's it. Unless he's going to have the dog groomed every day. Nobody wants to do that. That would be prohibitively expensive. Yeah, he's already, he said, you know, I paid a pretty high price here. I think I deserve to be satisfied. Well, yeah. Yeah, Except. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) On the other hand. You can only do so much. You're just in charge of the hair part. And I didn't want to get all in what shampoo was used. Why didn't it smell good? Dave's a smell freak. He overperfumes the dogs, if anything. I don't know. Dave thinks the man's homophobic and he just doesn't like Dave. And he wants me. Hello, can he not see you? You're not a Rottweiler bather. It's just not <laughs> happening. <laughs> I know. Well, I was willing to try it with Yvonne because we do have the table that rolls to the tub and, you know, we can elevate the dog from floor level up. And she did seem to be a pretty copacetic Roddy, a good girl. So I was willing to give it a try. But Jesus, it's not really the kind of grooming that I want to start taking on. Exactly. I've gotten off of that train big dogs well anyway so that's my update but i thought that it was brilliant the way that i'd cut to the resolution part and then because i was willing to do that he let it go he didn't really want to come back in there he wanted to fight with you yeah well (laughs) i thank you you threw water on the fire and there was nothing left. He was like, uh, never mind. <laughs> That's a lot of work on Saturday. I have other things to do. <laughs> it probably wasn't that bad. Right, exactly. He just wanted to pick a fight, it seems. I mean, I'm making a huge leap. There's humans involved here. (laughs) Sometimes that's what we want to do. I know when I get to that stage, and I know that Yvonne gets there a lot of the time. 
She just wants to pick a fight. That's enough of that story. I got another question. It's from the Facebook group. What would you replace iGroom with? If you liked iGroom for the fancy ingredients, what would you choose to replace it with? So here's the deal. I don't think that all iGroom products have been fucked up. Okay, let me just say that. I don't believe that. I still believe that some product had more changes of ingredients than others. One of the most major differences is that they replaced the sulfate-free surfactants that they were using with sodium-1416 olefin-sulfonate. And that particular surfactant is just about the same in almost all respects as sodium-lowereth sulfate. It's a one of the stronger detergents. It just doesn't have the sulfate name, so it 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 doesn't fall in that pit. Not as recognizable to people, right? It's recognizable that it's not a sulfate. Yeah. Okay. So it satisfies the sulfate-free commitment, but it's really just about as strong. And the eye groom charcoal protein charcoal is the one that really got overly simplified. But it's not poorly formulated. They just cut out all the real goody stuff. The stuff that turned me on. Right. And the stuff that Erica would like to use. The stuff that really made it more like a top shelf human product. And those ingredients are quite pricey. And they affected the bottom line. So there was a small profit margin on that highly popular. So it's kind of bad if your most popular, most frequently purchased item is the lowest profit in your lineup. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't work very well. No. (laughs) Although it does work in the lost leader sense, but when it gets out of control where people are just scarfing it up as fast as you can make it, yeah, it probably isn't viable. So I actually think that the Botanique, which some people have said they love, Botanique is a little bit more a mindful use of botanicals. The thing that you realize with the eye groom and their botanical side is that they just substituted one batch of botanicals with another batch of botanicals. You know what? It doesn't make that much of a difference because their botanicals weren't significant enough in their formulas to make a big difference. Botanique has, their formulator was more of a botanical expert. So I think that they're pretty good products, and I could go with that as a possible substitute for iGroom for now. I wouldn't go all the way to dogliness. Dogliness is hugely expensive. Their formulation seems to be based on the idea of the concept of let's find the most expensive ingredients in the world for shampoos and use all of them. (laughs) (laughs) also probably not a viable business option for long (laughs) and they suggested melanie newman it's full of of essential oils 
You know, I think that before you get all involved in botanicals, you need to listen to our information in a few minutes about allergies. Sounds good. One more thing. I don't know if you saw the picture of the dog with the big patch of bald spot on his back leg, what they said it was a vaccine reaction. And it's black scarred skin, hyperpigmentation, and no hair will grow on it. She was wondering if you could get any hair to grow on that. And I was thinking about the emu oil. So do we have any further story of that? Well, don't have any further story, but I did run into the simple reference that a mouse study suggested that emu oil might stimulate follicle restoration, new follicle formation. Because when the skin gets black like that and kind of callousy and rough, there's no hair follicles in that skin. But are they still able to repair themselves sometimes, or is it a forever thing? Do we know? I I don't think we know. I think it's haphazard results. Okay. I looked at the whole Derm Magic line. I don't think that that's that technically sophisticated, but some people... See, I think that almost any protocol that you develop is going to have some results on some dogs because if you're doing something consistently every day every week every month you're likely to have a better result you're likely to have some dogs will respond to that on that black thing i would do either a sugar scrub some way to kind of like exfoliate the outer part of the skin. A sugar scrub, maybe a benzoyl peroxide shampoo that actually goes in and cleans out follicles if they're there. Could you take a shampoo and make a sugar paste like just for that area? Or is that uh, mixing chemicals too much? No, that's not mixing chemicals too much, but why do you want to do that? Why do you want to add a detergent? Yeah. Just to make it abrasive in the shampooing action. More. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess you could. I don't know. It's yeah, just that's thought. an idea. It's worth a try. And then you might try a Botanique, one of their repair. Uh, you might even use the Dermagic lotion on that dog. But the thing with the Dermagic lotion, they want it apply either every day or every two days. So the, the owner has to be on board and doing it. So you have to get the product in their hands and their commitment. Then it's hard for owners to do stuff every day. I know I'm a pet owner. I don't always remember Marco's eye drops, you know, <laughs> like toothbrushing. You pay the 600 or $700 that a dog dental is, and you come home with the toothbrushing paste and the finger brush and then the regular <laughs> brush and then the like Sonicare brush, and you brush the teeth for every day for like a week. And then, oh, I forgot to do it. And then you're like every third day, and then you do it once a week, and then it's all just shoved <laughs> in the drawer, and you never look at it again. Hey, you know what I found in the drawer of one of my clients? No. The pedicure tops for the nail trimmer. Oh, no, the cap? Yes. The protective cap? Yes. Oh, I'm going to trade. Crazy. I know. I'm so excited. I could, because, you know, I'm still using my original one, but I live in fear that it's going to break someday. I could get a backup. They don't use it. They've had it for three dogs ago. I mean, it's a it's an antique relic, and I need it. I need it so badly. So <laughs> I, I made her promise that if they decided to get rid of it, that um, I would have the first option to buy 
it out or trade for grooming or whatever they wanted because I want that so bad. I love that thing. It makes it so I don't breathe any nail dust and I never catch any hair. And I just thought it was the coolest thing. She even has the really bad Dremel that came with it. She's got the whole box unused. She said, I think we used it once. I looked at the sanding band. It's never been on a nail. It's just like it's out of the box. So uh, that they're was exciting. They're just scared to do it. I get it. And they have Westies, which they're pretty short-nailed just in general because they're scrapping around in the yard and on the gravel. Hey, speaking of Westies, our member, our listener and fan friend, Alex L., messaged me that yesterday she ran into a woman with a Westie that had been to me once in 2019 and the dog has never had a better groom since. Oh, that's cool. Oh, we love that. Don't you love hearing that? Isn't that cool? In Minneapolis, this happens. You know, like, (laughs) how fucking cool is that? That is cool. That is so cool. And on that note, let's take a quick break. Let me tell you about Best Shot's newest addition to the Ultramax Pro line. Ultramax Hair Hold is a flexible hairspray that can be layered on for a stronger hold. Ultramax Hair Hold Spray is great, but my favorite new product is called the Max, and I won't groom without it. It's a fragrance-free, ultra-concentrate conditioner and detangler. It reduces drying time and handles undercoat and tangles like magic. Just a few drops in the final rinse or spray it on and dry it in. Contact your favorite Best Shot distributor or learn more online at bestshotpet.com. Grooming success begins with Best Shot in your tub. Made from the best stuff on earth. Did you know that Stazco has come out with a couple of new products? First, there is the Stasco Oatmeal Protein Conditioner. This conditioner provides exceptional body and manageability and super shiny finishes. And it has a wonderful apple scent that I love. Great in the recirculator too. And they have a new matching protein conditioning spray. Dematting, anti-static conditioning and finishing all in one. Just like the original Stasco spray, but with that delicious apple fragrance. Look for these new products at trade shows and your favorite distributors like Cascade Grooming Supplies. Ready groomers? Here comes our first appointment. Allergies is our topic, Barbara. I'm excited to say because I am an allergy sufferer, mostly environmental allergies. But of course, that means I'm allergic to the trees and I'm allergic to my pets and I'm allergic to my job. And I have had the shots and I've taken pills and I snoop my nose, I squirt. I squirt my nose with antihistamine every day just so I can keep doing what I'm doing because I love it so much. So tell us a little bit about allergies and how they apply to our job. Well, there's two things that we have to look for. Dogs having allergies and then the people who bathe the dogs having allergies because we often don't think about ourselves as being at risk. The truth is the more contact you have with an allergen, which is a certain type of substance that has the ability to trigger an immune system reaction, the more contacts you have with it, the more likely you are to 
have an allergic reaction develop. A contact allergy is a type of allergy that occurs when the skin comes into contact with a substance that the immune system recognizes as foreign or hazardous, and the immune system then triggers an allergic reaction. And they usually cause rashes, itching. So here's how a contact allergy develops. First step. One, exposure to an allergen. The first step in developing a contact allergy is exposure to an allergen. This can be a substance that comes into direct contact with the skin, such as certain metals. Gold is one of them, by the way. Yeah. Um, we usually think good as gold. The gold is the ultimate metal, but no, it can cause allergies. And some people have learned the hard way. Metals, fragrances, or some chemicals. So in our grooming products, fragrances are the most common. Preservatives, especially methyl, isyl, uh, so no, I'm not going to be... Yeah, linolenone. Yes, so linolenone and linolenone. <laughs> that one <laughs> that one and i hate to say this but the, the formaldehyde releasing preservatives such as dm dm hydantin which a lot of our shampoos use can also trigger an allergic response that's rare you know it's unfortunate that parabens don't parabens had the best track record at not causing sensitivity reactions of any of the families of preservatives. And they were just like knocked out of the playground uh, by bullies. Oh, so mean. <laughs> yeah, right. Run out of the playground by bullies. But one of the things that is the absolutely the most common are fragrance allergens. And these can be essential oils, essential oil components that are used in synthetic fragrances. We usually think that it's either synthetic or it's natural, but natural occurring components of essential oils are used in manufacturing the synthetic fragrances, as well as some Petri dish components for fragrances that are usually mimic essential oils. Essential oils were always the first fragrance, right? Flowers, and then they learned how to distill flowers to make their own essential oils. But what's happened in our industry and in cosmetics in general is that with the natural movement, Susie, more and more essential oils are being used in cosmetics and in grooming products because they're, quote, natural. And since more and more have been used over a period of years, a lot of exposure has happened and the allergies have developed. So now, a decade later, we're seeing a lot of people, this all comes from, I mean, there's no recording of events, of allergic events or unfortunate 
post-grooming events. No, there's no... Mass studies? Yeah, there's no... Well, there's not only are there not studies, but there's no way to report in the EU. Companies are required to submit reports of bad reaction or bad things that happen after products are used. And, you know, manufacturers are required to report them to the government or at least keep them on hand. Now, at the end of last year, President Biden signed into law a new cosmetic laws that will require that of human cosmetics. Well, that's good. That's a start. But why in the world didn't they just... Say cosmetics. Petty, pet grooming cosmetics in there, too. Yes. Because they just think we don't exist. They just think that this is such a little part of life. They don't realize that pet ownership has mushroomed exponentially since the 60s and 70s when I got into the field. When I started grooming in the early 70s, it was the more wealthy people that brought pets in to be groomed, lots of poodles. We had one woman that all she did was poodles. She made the most money of all of us because she did so many of them. So it's just ballooned. And now there's still not as many pet groomers as there are hairdressers, but we're catching up. And hairdressers are a population that has been identified as being at risk of developing contact allergy dermatitis from their work. Okay, so that means that all, every time our hands go, not only it is it a matter of how many exposures is the dog subject to, but how many exposures is the bather doing? I learned something at the Northwest Grooming Show from Dave, who suggested that perhaps if you're getting allergic reactions up on your forearms, that oftentimes yeah. you're rinsing the dog, but you're never rinsing products off of your forearms. So it's just sitting on there and kind of staying in contact. And sometimes he feels that that can be causing problems also. So I just wanted to mention that because I thought it was a kind of an interesting tidbit. I just say... It's one more reason to use a recirculating bathing system because your hands are in those products a fraction of how it is when you do hand bathing, a fraction of the exposure because part of the exposure is the length of the exposure. And when you're hand massaging shampoo all through the coat once or twice, that's a lot of exposure. That's an extended exposure for you. And so the length of the exposure sometimes uh, affects the likelihood of an allergic reaction. So let me get on with my step-by-step. First, we have the exposure to an allergen. Two, we have sensitization. During the initial exposure, the immune system recognizes the allergen as foreign and produces specific antibodies called IgE. This process is called sensitization. So that has to happen first. Rarely does the first exposure result in an allergic reaction. It's step three, re-exposure. 
During subsequent exposures to the allergen, the immune system remembers the allergen and produces more rapid and aggressive response. This response is what causes the symptoms of allergic reaction, such as itching, redness, and inflammation. Four, chronic exposure. If the skin is frequently exposed to the allergen, the allergic reaction can become chronic and long-lasting. Over time, the skin may become more sensitive to the allergen and other allergens, I might mention, and the allergic reaction may become more severe because as the skin barrier system is disrupted by one allergic reaction, it makes it more leaky and the skin barrier more leaky and more likely for there to be other allergic reactions. I noticed that in terms of food allergies with dogs, that once they become an allergic dog, they can be sensitive to everything. And by the time they go to the vet and get tested, they come back with like 25, 30 things that they're allergic to, where really they're allergic to the main protein that they were fed for years. My allergist said it was like a cup. And when you put all the allergens in the cup, eventually it's going to overflow and you're going to have that reaction. And I think that that's kind of why they list all the other things that are in the cup, but they aren't the real instigator. So it's important to note that contact allergies can take days or even weeks to develop after the initial exposure to the allergen. And not everybody is going to react to every allergen, whether or not you develop a contact allergy to a specific fragrance component. It's going to depend a lot on your own body, your DNA, you know, (laughs) as well as the type and form of exposure and in that context. But it's important to remember that it can take many exposures to develop an allergic reaction. So the notion that I've been bathing him in this shampoo for two years couldn't possibly be. That is fallacious. That is incorrect thinking. You know what else it is? Oh, Patty. (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) you see, the fact that you've been doing it for two years, you've had more exposures, so you're more likely to have the allergic reaction. The other thing is that you probably will not see contact allergy dermatitis in the salon or in your shop or at the time of grooming. Not even if the dog sits there for four hours, like I hope he doesn't. (laughs) It can take a day, two days, even three days for an allergic reaction to fully bloom and cause the actual visible itching rash stuff. Okay, so does that uh, help? Now, I'm most concerned about botanicals and essential oils that have been added to many of our products. When I first started grooming in the 70s, we didn't have any of those kind of ingredients. And we had few, I have to say, it was mostly chemical soup that we had for shampoos, but we had few allergic reactions. Every now and then we might have 
an irritation reaction if we didn't rinse well after we used a strong detergent shampoo. But we rarely had these three day later calls. We I never remember having a three day later call that the dog is gonna have to go to the vet for rash and itching and bumps. Yeah. I think that we need to be cognizant of that. We have to be cognizant that just because it comes from nature doesn't mean that it's safe or harmless or will not cause a problem. Because the truth is, plant substances are chemically way more complex than just chemically synthetic, simple detergent substances. Nature does have more complicated formula. Yeah, nature has a more complicated formula. And there sort of can be a synergistic effect. You may have chemical components in more than one of those botanical derived ingredients that are in your shampoo. And one such component is delimonene. And delimonene is something that we're going to eventually recognize as a problem for dogs and people. And cats. Well, already, I think it's pretty well recognized for cats. That's going to come home to roost. Delimonene is in so many different botanicals. And the really sad thing to see is that in the EU, they have now recognized two primary components of lavender oil to be allergens. Allergens are just substances that are more likely to cause an allergic reaction, more likely to be identified by the body as foreign bad substances. Can allergens eventually actually cause allergic reactions? Yes, by multiple exposures, extended exposure, etc cetera, etc cetera. are we having are we beginning to have an understanding of allergies i think i understand it a lot better i always used to like blame the dog well i actually haven't had a skin reaction where they phoned me in years and years and years and years but yet you know what strikes fear in your heart when you groomed a dog a few days earlier and their message comes up i did have one of those where i had groomed the dog i had a nail bleed it's a lady with parkinson's she's in senior housing and i thought oh god the mm -hmm. dog bled all over her house no she just forgot the day of her appointment and she wanted to write it down but when the <laughs> phone call came in i was like i know oh, i know oh no it was very much dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you know i saw it but it was not nothing thank goodness yeah. yeah yeah so the the other the other the one other substance that we need to be aware of that has the potential for causing allergic reactions is cocamidopropyl betaine when a dog seems to be allergic to every shampoo you've ever used on him that's when i begin to suspect cocamidopropyl betaine it's in everything it's it's ubiquitous right and it's not the cocamido part. Well, it's probably the Mito part. It's not the coca or the betaine part. It's the Mito part. We really don't know. All there is to know why cocomidopropyl betaine is a, an allergen, but 
it is. And it was in 20, I, okay, I don't remember, it was 2008 or 2012, but in one of those years, it was named by the Allergic Dermatologists Association as Allergen of the Year. Wow. And it was determined that one of the things that can make cocamidopropyl betaine trigger allergic reactions is if there's remnants of the manufacturing process in the final product. Like left behind? Residue left behind kind of thing? Residue left behind because they use this DMPA, DMAPA, this like rather awful chemical to create the reaction that make the coca and the betaine go together and become cocamidopropyl betaine. And then there can be leftover residuals from the chemical process. Now, since that has happened, since they've identified the residuals as being nasty, most manufacturers, most chemical suppliers have taken greater lengths to uh, vacuum and remove those excess uh, residuals. But where you're more likely to find that is in cheap, cheap shampoo that's got cocamidopropyl betaine, like from China. Okay. Not all cocamidopropyl betaine from China is bad, but ultra cheap shampoos, I think you really need to avoid them, period. Go for the mid range. Go for the well-known. I like that principles. All right. Yeah. Anything else on allergies? I think we're good. Good. I do too. Enough of that pie for today. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Quick break and we'll be back with Beebird's Classroom. Hey, Chris Bear Anthony here. You may know I've been swiveling for years now with my beloved Evolution Shears, but I wasn't actually born with a pair of swivel shears in my hands. Check out our website and Facebook page for our library of how-to videos or Give me a shout for a personalized guide. Your hands will thank you. Don't forget, GroomPod listeners get $10 off and free shipping with the code GroomPod. What are you waiting for? Give them a try today. Sometimes my clients don't like a walking air freshener. When these crazy people request a scent-free option, I go right to show season. Show season true tearless shampoo and hypo conditioner fit the bill. They are totally fragrance free and yet hold up on their own as good products. True tearless has been expertly formulated to be gentle to the eyes, skin, and hair while maintaining good cleaning power. Hypo conditioner is a great option as well. And it's one of our favorite conditioners with or without fragrance. So let's get fragrance free. Use True Tearless and Hypo Conditioner from Show Season today. Go to showseasongrooming.com. Groomers, take your seats. It's time for Bee Birds Classroom. I have been shampooing my hair twice since I was a able to shampoo my own hair until recently when you enlightened me a little bit about the fact that maybe I didn't need to be doing it twice and I thought why am I doing it twice and then I realized probably marketing it's probably marketing that got me to wash my hair twice from now till eternity so now I'm only doing it once but tell me your theory behind all this 
I think that the the idea of washing your hair twice comes from the beauty industry. And it's just kind of drifted over. When I was first a bather, we didn't do that. We bathed once and we bathed thoroughly and we bathed quickly. But what we did is we heat brush dried everything, which was like horrible for the coat. See, then I always only did one bath on the dogs. I never did the math that maybe I should only be doing one on my own head. <laughs> but you see, there are groomers who just learn to bathe twice. Now, there was one period of time where I made a bather bathe twice. And that's when I had a bather that was very quick and careless. And I started finding dirt on the towels that had been used to dry the dogs. That's no good. That's not just a clue. That's freaking evidence. Yep. Okay, see, this means you're not getting them clean. <laughs> Yo, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're speedy and you're fast, but you're not getting them clean. I want you to do it twice. And I think that's something that happened to other shop owners along the line. Bathers weren't being mindful and thorough enough. There are other people that like to use two different shampoos on every dog. Well, that falls into the, I have a ritual that's more effective than your simple system. Right? <laughs> yeah. Comes into ritualistic thinking. What people who do this two shampoos thing, I think that it might be a good idea to use a clarifying shampoo before you use a, a medicated shampoo. Right. I forgot about that. That's a certain circumstances. But using like a whitener shampoo and then a protein shampoo, well, you know, the second shampoo is going to remove anything that was deposited by the first shampoo. Anything that was left on the surface of the hair cuticle by the first shampoo, it's going to be removed by the second shampoo. And in terms of the detergent surfactant, you are double exposing the dog in amount of detergent and in contact time. You're increasing the contact time of the detergent surfactant, which is more likely to cause irritation and you're doubling the amount of detergent surfactant that's used on the dog. If you can do it in one fell swoop, I think you're better off. And a recirculator is actually doing multiple shampoos in one cycle because you keep passing it over and over and over the hair, right? Right, exactly, exactly. The typical shampoo... What you do is you, let's say you have a bottle diluted 16 to 1. Well, you squirt that all over the wet coat, and then you work it into this big lather that you love, and then you rinse that off. Well, news flash. You're not getting your final cleaning until you break down those suds and do the rinsing during the rinse cycle because while there's a lot of air in the coat and the shampoo you're not getting as much cleaning action so and, and here's the deal also the hairdressing industry their main uh, rationale for 
shampooing twice is that you get better lathering the second time. Well, so what? <laughs> lathering doesn't really have much to do with cleaning. All the foam does is it helps you move the surfactant throughout the coat. So if, you know, you didn't have some thickness to the shampoo, you didn't have any lather to the shampoo, it would slide right off the coat or the hair, your hair. So you want a certain amount of suds. So better lather just means that you've already cleaned the coat. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, because my second shampoo was always more lathering than the first shampoo. Yeah, so that was more satisfying. You know, like we humans have this psychological attachment to lather, to foam. <laughs> you know what else has an attachment to foam? Surfactant molecules, right? They fill up with the foam, the air molecules, and they can't do their job. It impedes them. Yeah, it impedes cleaning. It, they just have to rest on. They see you see they're encircling the air to form a bubble. The surfactants are encircling the air to form a bubble, and they're not attaching to the oils and dirts to create micelles and carry the oils and dirts away. When you snap that bubble, then the little individual molecules go racing to the oil and dirt, catch them, and then they rinse them away. Does that make sense? I love the chemistry of shampoo. It's just fascinating. I do too. And I and I hope that explanation gave it some life. It did. I do see surfactant molecules as kind of these polywogs. Does everybody know what polywogs are? I think so. They're another term. Tadpoles. Yeah, tadpoles or polywogs. They have these big heads and these long tails. And, you know, the length of the tail, by the way, is a factor in uh, how they operate. You know, the longer the tail, the more aggressive the, uh, the surfactant. Ha <laughs> ha, but you didn't know that. I didn't know that. that <laughs> it's hard to give me a new fact after so many years, but you just did. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, I know. There's a whole bunch that I know that I can't even explain, you know. From the brain of Barbara Bird. From my brain to yours. That's right. Is I'm going to call it, think about it. From my brain to yours, think about it. Do you want your little tadpole polywogs in your shampoo to be like clustering around the air making lush feeling foam? Or do you want them getting the dirt and oil. And here's another thing. If you shampoo twice, you're going to remove more than just the surface oil and dirt. Those surfactants are going to go for it. They are programmed in their DNA to go catch oil. So if they have to, they'll go get the lipids out of your skin and out of the hair and dry out the hair and skin. So you want to have just the right amount of exposure to your surfactants, to your detergent surfactants. You need to think about it. Think about it. There are times when two baths are productive. And it's just like there are times when conditioning and then bathing is a good idea. But not every single time, nor do you have to double bathe 
every single dog just so the owner doesn't worry that some dog's going to go out dirty. Just do a really good job. Well, you know what, people? Just get a recirculating system. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And on that note, let's call it a show. I'm going to go groom a couple dogs, as I often do on Sundays. Barbara, thank you for being here and for giving us your wisdom. This was basically the Barbara show. I didn't have to do much of anything, and I appreciate that. (laughs) That works for me. Well, you have to do the editing, and that actually takes more time than I spent. I want to thank Artificial Intelligence for helping me to organize my thoughts (laughs) on this subject because that that's a good thing a nice tool <laughs> it is a tool yep happy grooming everybody see you next week on the groom pod bye-bye now and take care of yourselves because we love you <laughs> <laughs>